You're listening to the EM Quickfire with Ojifini under 10 minutes. This show is sponsored by the Little Bits of Stuff podcast. Hi, hello everyone. Good afternoon, good morning, good night, whatever it is in the part of the world where you are listening to us. Um, my name is Ken Ide. I'm an emergency physician, so I'm very passionate about uh, training and talking about emergency medicine generally and critical care as well. Uh, I just quickly want to say one or two things about seizures and seizure management in the emergency department. Three things I want to talk about quickly in terms of definitions, and I'll make it very uh, simple for us. One, seizures. When we say seizures, what does it mean? We're talking about an electrical activity that is generated in the brain. So if there's an electrical activity generated in the brain, whether it now translates to jerking movement or we don't see the jerking movement is another thing entirely. So that is seizures. So to actually know that the patient has seizures, we have to do an EEG. So the other thing we talk about is convulsion or some people say fits. So convulsion is the actual motor response, which is the jerking movement. In that jerking movement, it's because of the electrical activity, electrical impulses that are like firing, misfiring. Po, po, po. And patients start having the uh, convulsions. It could be limbs. It could be rolling up of the eyes. But it's something that we can see as a physical manifestation of seizures happening in the patient. The third one is epilepsy. So epilepsy is when you now say, mm, we've looked at everything, we can't see a secondary cause of this problem. Or there used to be a secondary cause, but the seizure still lasts even after that particular cause has been eliminated. Then the patient is said to have epilepsy. So invariably, if you've, you still have electrical activity, which is seizures going on, and you cannot relate it to any secondary cause that needs to be fixed now, and is ongoing for a long time, it can be controlled and the patient is said to have epilepsy. For children, ah, there are so many things to talk about in epilepsy in children and uh, so many syndromes, but we will not bother ourselves with that. So if a patient comes into the emergency department and is having seizures, we categorize them. It's very important to triage them. So the first part of the triage is to say, is the patient fitting now? So the patient is having the ongoing seizures, convulsion, that patient is a red patient. So that patient goes into the resuscitation room area or the acute care area because you need to stop the seizures. If the patient is in the post-ictus stage, that means he has just finished fitting and is now in loss of consciousness or uh, post-ictus headache or whatever it is that is the complication that the patient is having just shortly after the uh, seizure event, will say that patient is an orange patient because you will need to guide that patient to make sure that the patient's airway is protected, to make sure that the patient um, is fine, immediate post-seizures. If patient has fitted and they reported that he fitted at home, but it was not the, the eyewitness account, maybe it's about three hours, four hours before presentation, but they just worry that the patient may still need to be taken care of, that patient uh, will be a yellow patient. I can say, okay, let's see if we can investigate for the possible causes of these seizures. Then we can begin to fill all the forms and check the EEG and check the organic causes of seizures and do a CT of the brain, MRI, whatever it is we need to do. Check the electrolytes for that patient. So that patient does not really need so much of an acute care. But in case you find something that is the cause of these seizures, we want to prevent it from recurring again. Good. 
So having talked about seizure in terms of terminologies, having talked about the triaging of seizures, let's quickly look at a patient who comes in and is fitting. Ba-bam, ba-bam. Comes in, fitting, what do we do? It's important to stop the fits. A patient is having seizures at that time, he's lost his airway. So what you do is you turn the patient to the side and you stop the seizures. How do we stop the seizures? You give a benzodiazepine. So benzodiazepines are the first line in managing seizures. When you turn the patient to the side, you're just trying to prevent the patient from aspirating and making sure that the airway is not fully compromised. So you turn the patient to the side and you give the first shot of um, benzodiazepines. You would try to look for one that you can give by intramuscular route. Why? Because it may take a while, a few seconds to minutes before you put in an IV access and the patient is still seizing. You don't want the electrical activity to continue, leading the patient to having some hypoxic events in the brain. So there are some benzodiazepines that we can use. We have the clonazepam, we have the diazepam, we have the midazolam, we have the lorazepam. I would recommend midazolam for our IMI route. But if you have an IV access, midazolam is still good for IV. Clonazepam would uh, maybe a little bit down the line. Diazepam, yeah, that's what we have in many places. We can give it as well. So I would want to give midazolam or um, midazolam, preferably midazolam, yes. And the dosage is usually between 0.1 and 0.2 milligrams per kilogram body weight. So you can just give 10 milligrams um, to abort the seizure. Between 5 and 10 milligrams will be fine. If the seizure is not aborted after giving the first shot, what do we do? We repeat it. If after giving the second shot, it still doesn't, it's still not aborted, then you're already looking at this patient as being a status epilepticus. Then you go for the second line. And the second line medications in treatment of seizures are the AEDs. That is the anti-epileptic medications. Notably among them is the phenytoin, which you can give uh, for seizure patients. Usually we for to load them, you give for the loading dose of uh, phenytoin, we give between um uh I can't remember the dose in yeah, 20 milligram per kilogram body weight. Thank you. 20 milligram per kilogram body weight, which comes to about 1.2 to 1.5 for most patients, grams. And you put that in like, say, 200 mils of saline, and then you let it run over a period of 15 to 30 minutes. If that doesn't work, you can give what you call sodium valproate. Now, that is what we do in the emergency department. You can give sodium valproate. Sodium valproate is more expensive. Uh, it's less commonly available here. But that's the advantage that it does not uh, precipitate arrhythmias as opposed to what might happen in the case of um, phenytoin. So you can give sodium vibrate for older patients who may already have uh, atrial fibrillation or some underlying uh, arrhythmia. But for younger people, you can still go ahead and give phenytoin without really bothering what, uh, uh, knowing whether the patient has some arrhythmias or not. But of course, we need to make sure that we monitor these patients having ensured that the airway is protected, put them on monitors, we have an IV access. The monitor should include ECG monitoring so that we see whether this patient is having a cardioembolic issue that is causing this, or a patient is having an electrolyte derangement that is causing this. Some electrolytes are known to cause seizures. Notably among them is sodium. 
hyponatremia, hypocalcemia can cause seizures. We once had a patient in resuscitation room in uh, where I practice, and that patient came in, was having seizures, repeated seizures, and is a known uh, peptic hazard disease patient. So they've sent the patient for CT scan, but when we got there, we looked at this patient. We said, let's quickly do a point of care or uh, point of care um, blood gas so that we can check the patient electrolytes. Lo and behold, the patient has what we call hyponatremic, hypochloremic, metabolic alkalosis, which is typical of what you have in gastric outlet obstruction. Don't forget, it's a known PUD patient. So this patient actually has uh, um, uh, a chronic uh, DU that is causing a gastric outlet obstruction and then has been vomiting someone that is now so hyponatremic with a sodium of less than 120. And that was the cause of the seizures. What did we have to do? Just give the patient sodium in form of uh, sodium bicarbonate. And um, as soon as we got the patient's um, sodium to come to above 130, seizures stopped. Of course, the patient here had the CT scan done, which was clean. So it's important for us to also know that there are other things that can cause. We need to look for all the various causes from trauma to drugs, which is toxin, to metabolic issues, to other issues, electrolytes that can be responsible for the seizures. So as we are trying to avoid the seizures, we're also asking ourselves, what are the things that are causing the seizures? So many things that we need to consider including maybe a primary brain issue. And that's why we need to do a full neurological examination also for the patients. It's important to avoid seizure quickly to prevent uh, a patient from going into repeated hypoxia. Uh, avoid seizure quickly and get the patient conscious uh, back to state if we can as soon as possible because of airway compromise and aspiration and the other complications that can come from it. Treat all the things that we feel are the possible causes that we identify are the possible causes of these seizures. I think we'll do another session at another time. Thank you for these 10 minutes. Bye. For an evergreen copy of this anytime, any day, head on to the Little Bits of Stuff website at www.littlebitsofstuffwithnick.com.